swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hey everybody, this is Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. I'm your host for today, Mike Rogerson. And with me as always... Not as always, but... Always in my dreams is Zach. Hey, hey, hey. With us in our hearts is TJ. That's true. Always. TJ's doing well, though. TJ's kicking ass and taking names. As is the same thing with fantasy hockey, I imagine, is when he's studying for a test, he probably just goes headlong into it full force. Oh my God, I can only imagine the notes that he's taking. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that doesn't surprise me. So, like, at least for myself, like, I know me in college, like, or or in high school, I didn't really take notes, only in college, because I realized that you have to take notes in college or else you're really going to fail. But still, I was like the worst note taker. I would sit like uh, this one class. I sat next to this girl. And like, I remember this day specifically. We had taken like we had class and I'm looking at my notes and it's like, you know, a little over a page. And I look over at this girl and she's just like pages into notes. Like, like we just sat through the same class (laughs) and I have a page of notes And you have five and a half pages. You know, I still graduated magna cum laude, but man, I was always a bad note taker. Bad note taking, and I don't imagine you took the best care of your memory around that same time. Oh, no, you were lucky that I was there. I will say this. One thing I always tell people that are like going to college, even if you don't even like pay attention in class, you don't do nothing, just go. I lived that life. There were days where, like, I was like, yeah, I'm not taking any notes. I'm here. You're lucky I'm here. I feel horrible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but I'm still here. I'm not going to do anything or interact with anybody, except for, you know, the girls around me. But that's for another day. But yeah, TJ is a, an epic note taker. You guys have no idea. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing when we compare all three of our yeah, notes. I feel bad about myself. <laughs> yeah, we can stack hours together, and that's like TJ's opening paragraph. <laughs> we all have our strikes. We miss you, buddy. See you soon. Good luck. So we'll get into it today, the weekend preview. We're going to do a few mailbag questions. We, we have so many mailbag this week. We're probably going to do... Uh, bonus episode uh, tomorrow of just strictly mailbag questions. We'll just rip a bunch off because, man, people got questions. Some of us, being Americans, we got Thanksgiving tomorrow. That's right. That's why there's no hockey. That is exactly why there's no hockey, because it's Thursday on Thanksgiving. I'll tell you what, though. I wish that there was hockey tomorrow. Like, I would love that. I would love to watch, like, you know, a 2 o'clock start of, like, Someone really cool. Like, okay, so like the Florida-Boston game, I would have loved for that to be tomorrow. Just one awesome game, Florida-Boston. I want to watch that game every day all year. I know Bettman wants to have more outdoor games. It seems like that might be one other time to have one. would just be have like one game that's outdoors, like fully blown out NFL-style production. Is it like football all day like it is on New Year's kind of thing? Well, it's pro football, 
but there is like, I don't know, I think there's like three games or something tomorrow. And usually they're, you know, decent games. At least the the Detroit Lions are good this year. So, well, they're not horrible this year. But usually, like, the Detroit Lions always play. Not usually. They always play on Thanksgiving. And perennially, they've been horrible. So, that's actually going to be a nice thing. That uh, there might be some good football on tomorrow. But I do. I wish that there was hockey on tomorrow. That would be sweet. There is World Cup, though. Yeah. You don't like the World Cup? No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Any sport that would ban beer is not okay. Well, that's because of soccer hooligans, my friend. What else is there to soccer that's entertaining other than the hooligans? Because it's sure as shit not the diving or the one goal a game. I did see that that Belgium beat Canada today. Sorry about that. That's not surprising. We give uh, surprisingly little shit about soccer here. We're... Well, that's because you can only play soccer like two months out of the year in Canada. <laughs> that's true. Though I've been to a couple of games here in Vancouver and uh, soccer games. They're fun, man. People drink a lot, sing a lot, swear a lot, and have a great time. So I do got to give them that. Molson Triple X is a fantastic thing. Gross! Well, at any rate, let's dive into it. Um yeah, we got off track early. Off track early this episode. This is what happens when TJ is at school. So we can find us on Discord for more entertaining conversations like these with us and a couple of thousand other people talking hockey, fantasy hockey, and barbecues, and hockey cards, and all kinds of junk. And at FHF Hockey on Twitter, on the Elon Musk machine. I think it's still working. Uh, I know you're not a Twitter guy, Zach, but in case you hadn't heard... Twister? Mr. Uh, Tesla bought it, and people are just... I don't know why, but they're freaking out. It's a gong show over there. So come find us on Discord, where people are a little bit more sane. At least they're crazy just about hockey, and not about all that other shit. So let's get into the weekend preview. Um, I think we can... Skip the injuries. That's the same as two days ago, except everyone's a little bit healthier. There's the injury report. What we're going to do instead of that, we're going to do a couple of mailbag questions here. You've got mail. Mailbag. Yeah, so we'll pull a few questions from the mailbag today. And like I said, whatever's left over, there'll probably be a good handful left over for tomorrow as well. And I'll tell you what, especially because this weekend, it's it's not like any other weekend because of the whole Thursday not playing thing. You know, there's a whole bunch of teams, obviously, this week that had the, you know, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, quote unquote, perfect schedule. Mm -hmm. But it's not a perfect schedule this week because, you know, these normal off days, they're just they're not. They're not at all, except for Sunday, really. I mean, that's that's your only real day. Friday is jam-fucking-packed. Yeah, Sunday's our only real off night, but we'll get into that in a minute. Let's, let's hit the bag first. There's a couple of specific Zach questions in here. Kells Primer 18 from Discord. Is Brian Rust a drop in deep bangers league or should i stay patient every line he's been on has gone cold and gets hot as soon as he leaves he's not shooting and he hasn't been producing points even with malkin or crosby or power play one and then another person rupee hints lover uh one of our loyal question askers 
Uh, I had a similar one. I think Rust is the worst player on my team. Do I just bench him until he picks up? Man, y'all aren't wrong about the him whole not shooting thing. I'll give you that. He has eight shots in the last seven games. That's epically bad. That is. That's epically bad. And that is not Brian Rust-like. Like, let's just be honest. In the first half of the season so far, he has multiple games where he has five or six shots. So I, I don't see that, you know, continuing. He can't. The only thing is, I mean, you're going to get some hits from the man, but you're, you're not going to get anything else. I am a steadfast Brian Rust believer, and that's, you know, just my opinion. Man, I, I'm not going to lie. He's not scoring points right now. But at the same time, you know, there's no reason why he can't get back into it. So, I mean, I'm holding fast. I'm definitely not dropping him. I think you would be fucking crazy to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a hard one. I, I, I could say, yeah, I would think that you would be benching him for now. I'm not dropping him by any means. He does have three shots on goal in today's game. They did win in a shootout, but he did have three shots on goal today. No points, three shots on goal, though. That's true. No hits. Uh, He's had a few games, three out of the last four games, with zero hits and zero blocks, which is also unlike him. So I don't know if he's nursing something or what. Today's game was a weird game, though. Like, honestly, let's look. The one goal that they did score, it was Jan Ruda and Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen on it, you know? So that's that's also kind of like a weird game in, in the first place. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing you can look at is Russ' playing time has gone down from being around 19, 20, even up to 21 minutes, down to about 14, 16 the last few games. So he's getting, you know, three, four minutes less time on ice, so the coach has noticed the stat sheet, um, and that's bound to happen, right? He's probably losing a little bit of power play time to lose those minutes. I mean, he had three shots tonight. He had two shots last game. So, I don't know. It's not a deployment thing because he's been getting the deployment. And the other night against Minnesota, Pittsburgh scored uh, six goals. He had zero points. Against Chicago, they had five goals. He had zero points. So, not sure. He's like, his IPP is just insanely out of whack right now. Like, his line mates are scoring. It's just... He has Seth Jarvis syndrome, is what you're saying? (laughs) Basically, but he's way better than that, I think. Like, I think he's got... He's basically Thatcher Demko outside of the net right now. Like, he should be a steady, in-your-lineup-every-night kind of player, and he's just having a bad slump... A guy like that doesn't just stop being good all of a sudden, so you just got to wait it out. Yeah, and and his shooting percentage is lower than it has been in the past seven years. So you got to be taking this one with a grain of salt. I I am now. It, like I said, if you want to if you want to bench him, I understand. But you know, a lot of his you know metric metric stats. You know what I mean. Corsi, Fenwick, they're all well above 50%, which means that, you know, his his team is possessing the puck. It's not like they're not. So this is one where he just has to get out of this funk. And if you need to bench him until, you know, he starts hitting his stride, then you got to do that. But to drop him would just be, it would be knuck and futz, if you will. Yeah, I would agree with you 100% there. Um, Wick 
on Discord has a question. Are there any opportunity players, i.e. those who are finding themselves on good top lines like Hagel, Bunting, Verhage, and Lekkonen? Can you really add Verhage into I that? I don't know. He's not finding himself on a top line. He's been there for the last two seasons. I was going to say, he kind of always, always finds himself there. So I think the rest of the question is, do you think any of them have long-term value or be considered a hold rest of season? And I think he just nailed it. I mean, Verhage is, unless it's a shallow league, I think Verhage is is your last forward. He's a hold, you know, he's in a desperate situation. I dropped for Hagee, but he's a, he's good, man. That would have to be a really shallow league, if you will. You know what I mean? If you're dropping for Hagee, I don't think that he's a drop. However, out of these other players that you named, VC is, you know, definitely more of a streamer for me. Sam Steele, uh, you know, while he is playing better now that he's out of Anaheim, surprise, surprise, as many players do, I don't think that he's a hold, if you will. Bunting, we've talked about him earlier in the week and everything like that. I do see him as, you know, this is something where you saw this one coming, right, Raj? You had to have seen this one coming because Matthews had such an amazing season last year. And I'm not saying that he can't do that again. But Bunting is going to go as as Matthews goes. If Matthews is scoring a ton of points, Bunting is going to get a ton of points as well. He's going to get those residual points. Bunting's not out there creating offense for his teammates. That's just not how it works on that line. He's a secondary player on that line. So the goal scorers are really going to be creating the goal opportunities. And Bunting is going to, you know... He's getting scraps. It's it's just the way it is. So if Matthews isn't having the same season as he did last year, then neither is Bunting. It, that's just a fact. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not viable to be on your team or rosterable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still holding Bunting. You guys have always been kind of higher on Lekkonen than I have, but I'm not against it. I think Le- Lekkonen is more of a bottom of your roster guy that I wouldn't be, you know, too upset about if I had to stream him in, stream him out. That that's fine with me. And Hegel Hegel's the same way. Hegel's just too streaky. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much uh, same across the board there. Like I am not interested in bunting. Like he, he's a streamer at best and I'm I'm looking elsewhere ahead of him. I think Verhage should be on your team. I mean I disagree. I don't think he's a streamer. Oh, for sure, man. But uh, I mean Verhage's got more two more goals than Austin Matthews right now. Just to just to tell you how keepable Verhage is. Like he is he's a definite hold. Lekkonen to me is a is a streamer. Like if I have two streamer spots, he's he's the second one I drop. Like he's he's pretty good, but he's still a streamer. The problem with Bunting this year is Matthews is getting a lot of his points. Like over half of his points right now are on the power play, so Bunting doesn't get any scraps on those. So um, I think that's a little bit of why Bunting's dip is there. Even though Matthews isn't scoring like outrageous, he's still doing just fine. He's going to pick it up again. But you can see if you look through the their games, when they play a lot of five-on-five, five, Bunting gets more points because he gets more uh, Matthews time, more mustache rides. But he's, he's, a, he's a reliable 
reliable is maybe not the word, but he's a he's a good streamer to have. I don't know. I don't have faith in Hegel at all, regardless of whatever streaks he gets on or whatever. What do you think about Sam Steele on the wild though? Like honestly, I, I'm I'm not in for it as much as they move around that center spot. Like you're gonna have Zook on the on the right, and you're gonna have Kaprizov on the left. But they move that center spot around so much. I don't know that I see Sam Steele really holding that top spot. I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. And they scored, hell, they scored six goals today on the Jets. They put up a six-pack on them, and Sam Steele got nothing. Yeah, Matthew Matthew Boldy with three points. Shit, I still like him better than Sam Steele. Yeah, and Steele's not chipping in anywhere else either, right? Like, he hasn't blocked a shot in seven years or something, so... Um, I'm not a big fan of his, uh, for all those reasons. There's just usually better options than, than him. So, yeah, I think we're both in on Verhage. So, you know, semi chub for bunting and, uh, Lekkonen's a great streamer. Hegel's a good streamer option too, I guess. But the question was long-term value. So I think the only true long-term value I would say is probably Verhage for me. And that shouldn't even, like, in all honesty, I feel like he shouldn't even be in this in this conversation because he's not just somebody that stumbled onto a top-line spot. Like, he's been attached to Barkov's hip for a while now. Even even last yeah. year when Huberdeau was, was on the team. Yep, for sure. He, was the, he wasn't the best left winger, but he sure was on the top line. Well, and he's one of those guys that Florida's identified. He just works. He works with Barkov. He doesn't need to be the star because Barkov's the star. And you usually need a third wheel, right? Like that. I, to me, it's always the Sedins with Alex Burroughs. There's always that third guy who it doesn't even matter if they're amazing. They just need to be good enough and know their role. And Verhage seems to get along with Barkov and, and always be there. And even if they rotate the other side of the lineup, it seems to be Verhage's pretty steady there. So yeah, definitely, definitely Verhage is the the best of those. I feel I feel like we can just end the episode now because we just had an Alex Burroughs reference. Uh, which is not something that I thought was going to happen today. Dude, I'm wearing a fucking skate hat, the sweet hoodie that my wife bought me. That actually is a sweet hoodie. Yeah, she surprised me the other day. That was uh, that was pretty awesome. Alex Burroughs, man. I love Alex Burroughs. <laughs> you would. Dragon Slayer. Okay, trips. We'll do one one or two more here, uh, and then we'll get on to the, the weekend preview. I want to discuss this one with Zach for sure. This is trips from Discord. Mm-hmm. In my nine-team points league, uh, it's a keep-three league, we need to have a rookie in our roster at all time. So this is a league that's got some some funky rules. They're, they're kind of interesting, actually. Cool. We need to have a rookie on our roster at all time. However, you get one extra keeper rookie. Oh, so you get to... If you have a rookie on your team and you and have them as a keeper, you can have four keepers? Yeah, so you have to always have a keeper on your lineup, and if you keep them, basically one rookie doesn't count as a keeper, it sounds like. Cool. So the question is, in this context, how would you value Lucas Raymond right now? Um, He's got Lucas Raymond, who's been struggling, even though Detroit's... You know, been up and down, but putting up some pretty decent offense. It hasn't been much for Raymond. Do you think it's worth trying to limp through with Lucas Raymond because he qualifies to get him this extra? What are you talking about? Lucas Raymond was a rookie last year. 
Um, he's got another thing here in quotes that I forgot to read that says something about a sophomore. Oh, okay. Okay, we're allowed to keep an extra player if it's a rookie and also if it's a sophomore. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that thing that opens things up a lot more. He can basically keep Raymond for free at the end of the season, but it means kind of just using up a bench spot. Holding on to him all year long. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, if you drop him, someone's going to swoop him up and you are never going to see him again. I'm inclined to say I would hold on to Raymond. Like, you know what he is capable of doing. They went through a little bit of a gameplay change this year as to gameplay style. And it's not super conducive to Lucas Raymond. And oddly enough, it seems like more insider as well. But... I, I feel like that's a that's a hard one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm inclined to say you gotta hold on to him because you know what he's capable of doing, clearly. Yeah, I I agree. I think you have to make it work. He's good. He is really good. Little bit of a sophomore slump for sure. You know, they say that doesn't exist, but it's what call it what you will. It's what's happening with him and Cider right now. I mean, he was in the colder conversation last year and you're ready to drop him. Like. Yeah, no way, man. And I'm looking at his last, like, oh, if you want to add up his averages over the whole season, it's not amazing. But over the last bunch of games here, he's point per game over the last 10 or 11 games with power play points in, you know, about half a power play point a game. So every other game he's getting one. And not shooting either. He's like, let's be honest, he he's scoring, he's getting these points and stuff, hardly shooting at all. Except for the game where he shot seven times and got two goals just out of the blue. But yeah, he's he's got lots of games with no shots, but he is. Yeah, that was three weeks ago. He's putting up points consistently. He doesn't hit, so that's not a thing. Doesn't block. I would definitely be way more hesitant to keep him in a categories league when he's not scoring because he doesn't help you out anywhere mm-hmm. else. But in a, you know, if he's going to be basically kept for free at the end of the year, I think you got to make it work. And it looks like he's he's pulling things together. Let's do. I want to do. I want to do one more question. Pick a good one. Okay, here's one that. Well, this is one person, two questions. We'll do this one. I think you're good. You're good consultant for both here gain reach on discord how do you project cam atkinson fitting back into philly he's skating and supposed to be back in a week or two also this is a separate question obviously would like to hear your take on spencer knight versus bob so let's start with the cam atkinson question what's gonna be up with him Uh, I opened Hockey Reference and a fucking ad just went blaring into my fucking ear. So it like (laughs) sent me all a jumble. Damn you, Hockey Reference. So according to Yahoo, it says they're unclear when he's coming back. But I guess he's skating and he's going to be back soon-ish. So let's just say he's going to be back in two, three weeks. What do you think is going to be the situation with him coming back to Philly? Okay. Number one, you should not be worried with how he is going to fit in because this is Cam Atkinson and a John Tortorella offense. If there's anybody that knows how to use Cam Atkinson, it's John Tortorella. Cam Atkinson was one of the biggest proponents to getting Tortorella to Philadelphia, 
which don't get me wrong, I'm still not a fan of because I don't like torts, but that's just me. Cam Atkinson does. Torts is going to find a way to get him into the lineup and use him to his best ability, which I will say in the past, especially when they worked together in Columbus, he did very well because with Cam Atkinson, it's all about stretch passes and getting, you know, getting out in front of the defense, which Tony D'Angelo and Ivan Provorov are actually both very good at doing. They're both good at outlet passes, which will be great for Cam Atkinson. So I'm not really worried about how he's going to fit in. I think he is going to come in and just start shooting away. How in the first three games he plays, let's do an over-under on shots on goal. I'm going to put it at, let's see. I will put it at 10 shots on goal, Raj. Do you like the over or do you like the under? I think that's a good number. I think that's a solid number for uh, for an over-under, a thinker. You know, if you put it at 12. First three games? Yeah, three games. I'm taking the over. See, that's what I'm saying. I think he's going to come out, and I agree with the over. I do. Um, but I didn't want to put it automatically too high to, you know, make it obvious under. But I think 10 shots on goal, I mean, even right right around there, I think that would be a solid start. But I do think that he's going to shoot over that. He's going to come out firing. I really think so. How do you think the top six is going to end up lining up, especially right now with is out? So they don't really have any decent right wingers in the lineup right now. And then pretty shortly, they're going to have two potential you know, top line capable right wingers at the same time. How do you think they're going to roll that together? You kind of, you know, alluded to it. You're not going to be able to tell because there's so many people that are out right now. We've gone over this before. Sean Couturier is obviously still out and going to be out. Travis Konechny, still out. Cam Atkinson, out until he comes back. I know we're talking about him right now. But, I mean, actually, Wade Allison was having an okay year. He's another right winger. Like, that's right winger depth is what that is. He's not a top-line right winger, but he was out there getting some points every now and then. He was a depth winger, especially on that right side. In all honesty, you're not going to be able to tell, at least not right away. They're so not healthy right now, you are not going to be able to tell. Yeah, there could be obviously some big changes. I mean... I don't know. I mean, they, they've they done the Torts traditional thing. They came out firing. That's the one thing that Torts always does is the guys came out fired up for a bunch of games, were ridiculously overperforming for a month. And now they just, I think all that, that Torts gas, the, the, the lineup is just catching up with them again. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it comes together. I mean, all in all, they're still missing their number one center, even once the two, they're missing their two other best forwards. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting times there. But I think, uh, like you said, no matter what, I think Konechny is jiving with Torts, and he's going to be fine. And I know Atkinson is going to, uh, be fine. However, it comes together. So now let's get on to the weekend schedule. We didn't talk about Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh, right. That was a two-parter. That was a two-parter. Yeah, it was a two-parter. It just shows you how much I hate talking about Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky. Still having the same conversation we've been having for how many years in a row? 
Man, what do you think? Tonight, uh, Spencer Knight just won 5-2 over Boston. That's that's tough to do these days. So what do you think? I, I think that Sergei Bobrovsky has been overrated for a long time. I think that Spencer Knight has a very bright future. And I also think that Sergei Bobrovsky has a friggin' 888 this year. Like, that's well below 900. On the other side, Spencer Knight does not have an 888. He's doing way better. In fact, he's doing uh, 0.3 better. 918. He has a 918 so far this year. Respectable. He's letting in more um, than a goal less per game. And we've always said this, and this is going to continue to be the case until somebody is willing to the Florida Panthers are willing to trade Sergei Bravovsky and pay half of his salary to another team. That's what's going to have to happen. The thing is that Sergei Bravovsky makes too much fucking money. Makes too much money, so people don't want to trade for him because they have to pay for that unless Florida is willing to pay part of that salary. Mm-hmm. He's making what? over? He's making $10 million a year? Or, or is it even more than that? Yeah, it's in that range. It's ridiculous, and it's for a long time. Hell yeah, it's for a long time. It sounds like a great goalie for Arizona, if you ask me. But, you know, and those numbers and those trends get even worse if you shorten and just look at the last uh, two weeks, the last seven games. Um, Spencer Knight's played four out of the last seven, so they're starting to give him more games even though they've both only won one game so spencer knight has one win in four games but he only let in eight goals right so he's got a two ga over that time and a 935 so even though florida has been losing he's been playing great actually and then in bobrovsky's three games uh he's got one win but he's got a 478 and an 857. Dude, Sergei Bobrovsky has been, he he was going through the Sunday Clipper, you know, in the newspaper, and he got a buy one, get one roast beef sandwich in these last two fucking games, man. Yeah, and then before that, too, he was, uh, he's had plenty of, plenty of roast beef in his diet lately. He had a, a, a 636 game recently. I don't know if I've even ever seen a 636 save percentage for a complete game before. That's that's just ridiculous. So that that's that's really bad. Per se, their ownership is kind of reflecting it. Bob is down to 89%, Spencer Knight is up to 80%, so people have clued into these trends. But if by chance Spencer Knight's available, I'd probably be picking him up because it looks like he is playing fine. Like he's actually playing well. Bob isn't right now. Yeah, like four games to three over the last couple of weeks. So you know, Bobrovsky only has two games out of eleven games played this se- this season where he has two goals or less allowed. Every other game, every other game, nine games out of eleven, he has let up at least three goals. That's tough. That's just one of those tough contracts. Like they took a huge gamble and it that whole contract is a roast beef sandwich. And the only reason that it's been okay the past couple of years because he has not had a great save, save percentage for a while now. He hasn't have above a 920 since he's played in Columbus. You know, since he's been on Florida, 
He's a 900 goalie. Oh, yeah. And Florida in front of him. I mean, they, when they had Mackie Weger and, and all that decent D, and they were the best offense in like three decades or something. He had a kick-ass team in front of him that was making him look a lot better. And now that the team is not playing awesome, you're really seeing... I don't know, man. I'm I'm done on Bob's. I, I really wish for Florida's sake they could get out of it, but unless it's some weird backdoor deal with Arizona or something, I don't know how any team would want to take on uh, Bobrovsky. So. Dude, you can... In my opinion, you can definitely put, you know, you can put the meat thermometer in this one because he he's he's cooked. Spencer Knight, you are the future. This is kind of like back in the day when I was calling for Roberto Luongo. Like, Roberto Luongo had to go. He had to go. Luckily, he retired. Bob's ain't going to retire, but he's still going to go. Yeah, another way too long contract. I mean, they, fuck, they had to rewrite the rules after that Luongo contract. That's how bad it was. Bettman had to <laughs> rewrite the NHL rules to make sure that never happened again. Let's dive into the preview, the weekend preview. So as Zach had mentioned already, it's weird, man. American Thanksgiving, which I guess is today, no hockey. So... What they've done is cram all that hockey into Friday's hockey. And now all of a sudden, Friday has 14 games played. Um, so Friday is actually our heaviest night. Uh, with just about everybody playing 14 games. Saturday's nine games. So a moderate night. Actually pretty light for a Saturday, actually. Oh, yeah, only nine games. I'll tell you what. My favorite schedule for this weekend is your boys. It is. Is your boys. That Saturday-Sunday look for the Vancouver Canucks, that's definitely the best schedule uh, because that Friday, as it usually is an off day, it is clearly not. It is the heaviest day. You said, what, there's 14 games that day? 14 games. There's only nine on Saturday, and then you know you have a, you have a handful on, uh, um, on Sunday. So yeah, I, I think you gotta you really gotta push for that um for that Saturday, Sunday in Vancouver. I know they're both away. I know it's a road trip, but still. That's fine. I mean, yeah, games played, man. Games played. Uh your rosters are gonna be full on Friday with that many teams playing. You kind of just ignore I mean, usually that's the best strategy is just ignore that day. It's gonna end up full, right? So um and don't do what I did. Uh the first thing I did when I started writing notes today was like, okay, who's playing Friday, Sunday? Let's look for those teams and then hold on a second. Friday is not uh is not our day. So don't be shy. Gave you the oop de oop. Don't be shy about Saturday. And like you just said there, Vancouver is the only team that plays the Saturday Sunday. Give me one reason to t to stream guys from Vancouver. I, a couple of guys I mentioned last week that are very available in Van, and since I mentioned them in the last few days, have gone on one of their little spurts, is uh, Mikheyev and Kuzmenko. Very gettable players right now. Uh, Kuzmenko at 25%. Season long, he's just been up and down, but he goes in these little streaks. And right now, he's kind of on one. He's got five points in the last three games, so called it. Mm -hmm. But he's gonna he's gonna be good. He's playing with Patterson. He's kind of a he's not young. I want to say he's young. He's he's new to the league, but he seems to have that kind of attitude of where he's on. He's really on. And so you got to catch these little streaks. So I like Kuzmenko. 
Mikheyev uh, is not as hot. He's six uh, percent rostered, but he also has three points in the last three games. And oh, and he got a goal tonight. There we go. I like those two. Pedersen has just been so good this year. Just fantastic. Just the Pedersen that we've wanted. And those two guys are getting dragged along for the ride. So as long as Vancouver plays five on five, they get to play with Pedersen and uh, there's points to get had for those guys. Dude, what in the world has happened to Niels Hoglander? Ah, oh, man, he's he's playing 10 minutes a night. Yeah, he's he's getting the raw end of this deal. He is not shooting. No, he's not shooting. He's not hitting. It's tough to do that when you're on the bench, right? He's got lots of games here where he's under 10 minutes uh, a night. So, you know, when Vancouver needed more defense, Rutherford went out and got more forwards. Rutherford is an ass. <laughs> like, I mean, look at that. You, you can't even fuse a guy like Hoglander in the top nine. Right? He's a great player. He should be played or traded. Bringing in Kuzmenko, bringing in Mikheyev, they've been great, but they're totally unnecessary on this team. Um, what happens when Pearson comes back? Pod Colson's minutes are down to 10 minutes. Um, so now they've got these two great uh, prospects just starting to waste away down there. Uh, I don't get me started on Rutherford like he just did. But no, I like Kuzmenko. <laughs> I like uh, Mikheyev. Unfortunately, Pod Colson and Hoglander have got the raw end of the deal by all these new unnecessary forwards coming in and just getting pushed further and further down the lineup. Anybody you like that I didn't touch there? I've always, you know, I feel like I'm always trying to find somebody that, you know, gets some bangs on your team. And I'm, I'm always looking. In the past, I've, I've kind of leaned on Tyler Myers. He's always been kind of that you know, a little bit of everything guy where he was always going to get those peripherals and sometimes he'd get some points. But I will say, Curtis Lazar goes out there and puts bodies on people like he does. Lazar, yeah. yeah, And face-off leagues, too. He takes a bunch of face-offs, too. Yeah, it's another one, right? Like, just another forward that they brought in. Like, we need D, we need D. Everybody in the world knows the Canucks need D. Hey, actually, Curtis Lazar is a is a pretty decent two-way forward. Oh, absolutely. He's a good defenseman uh, or defensive forward, but that's also why he's in the bottom six. I mean, he's more, you know, kind of is what it is. But I will say Kuzmenko would be my number one here. Other than that, I am. I'm staying away from Niels Hoglander. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but... Man, you want to you want to talk about people that aren't shooting? Yeah, I don't, I don't blame the kid. Right, ten minutes time on ice. There's not much you can do in ten minutes unless you're friggin' Ryan Reeves and get forty nine hits in ten minutes. But you can go out and shoot. You know, you try more than once or nuns. I do. I do hope they can do something with these forward group uh, and trade for a proper D here. Actually, if you're talking bangs, Luke Shen is leading the league in hits on the season. He is over four, almost five hits a game on the season. So if you need just strictly hits, well, I guess Pims too. If you're if you're in a Pims league, but yeah, he's he's averaging over five uh, five a night. Um, and he, like I said uh, the other night on a, one of the shows, a nice thing about Shen is because Vancouver's D is so terrible, he gets seventeen and a half to twenty minutes in, a night which a lot of bangers don't get that kind of ice time. So, 
he benefits from our team being so crappy. Lots of hitting time out there. Uh, so yeah, I think Van is the best schedule, like you said. There. Definitely the best schedule. And like, well, we have this back-to-back here. That also brings up the Spencer Martin option, who is actually on the season miles better than my boy Demko. He's really great. He played great in the last game and lost against Vegas. But man, like he's getting outplayed by last year's fourth string goalie. But I, uh, I'm fine to take Spencer Martin. I mean, a rough back to back because he got Vegas or San Jose. So there's a big difference there. Vegas has been on fire this year. San Jose stinks. Spencer played tonight, but I mean, it hasn't made any sense really how they've been going back and forth with games at this point, but I would, I would gamble on Spencer Martin. Another team who's got a good schedule, man, a lot of these teams who have that Sunday are just bad. It looks like just a lineup of the worst teams in the league, actually. Winnipeg. Is there anybody that you see on Winnipeg. They've got, like everybody else, they're a Friday, Sunday, uh, but they're going to give you that Sunday off night. You know, I'm looking at that game, honestly, but I don't know that I'm looking at Winnipeg. want to point out that Seth Jones is back. He scored a goal in his first game back today. He, I know he's, you know, more highly owned than we usually talk about. He's 69% owned, but dude needs to be on some more teams than 69%. He does perifs. He's a goal-scoring defenseman. He's going to be on that power play. Yeah, I actually like Seth Jones here. I think you definitely have to at least look and see if he's there. That's a good call, actually. Yeah, he's he's owned, but not uh, not in every league, only about two-thirds. So, And don't, Max Domi is still doing the damn thing, by the way. I want to throw that out there, too. Max Domi is still doing the damn thing. He's on that first power play unit. He's still on that top line with Patrick Kane. And he has four points in the last four games. Six points in the last six. Seven points in the last seven. Yeah, and he's uh, Max Domi's the kind of guy... Because he's, he's fiery as, as hell, right? So he can go off on any night, right? Like, he's the type of guy who could go a few games with nothing and then have, like, a 4.6 hit... 10-shot night out of the blue because he's such an attitude player. So I do like Domi. He has six shots on goal in his last game. There you go. That's what I mean, right? Like he's when he's feeling it, he he'll put up some stats for you. I I, I would endorse that as well. Um in terms of Winnipeg, like, man, I guess he's owned up at this point, but I, I wish TJ was here right now to gloat about Josh Morrissey. He was calling Josh Morrissey before the start of this season as a guy. And uh, he's a guy. He's a guy. He's uh, <laughs> he's totally a guy. He's a guy with points is what he is. He's over a point per game in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's up to 80% owned, so you're probably not going to find him. But I just got to give a little. Just so weird because he's always been just streamer territory. Yeah. That guy that's always out there on the waiver wire. You know, you pick him up and you hold him for a little while, you know, or a couple of days. And then you drop him and you don't think twice about it. Yeah, and it's not like he's just scrounging power play points either. He's getting even strength points. Like frick, he had he had two goals last game. Yeah, just a shout out to Josh Morrissey. I mean, check the check the wire if he happens to be there. Definitely pick him up. He's probably not, but that is making a lot of people overlook Neil Pionk, who's obviously 
not as viable as he was the last couple of years when he was sort of the top dog. But he does get a couple of hits, almost three hits a game still. And he's almost a point per game himself. And he also is getting power play points. So um, Neil Pionk is a good option on D. Old Balls Wheeler. I don't know. He just sucks. He's playing 18 minutes a night. So he's getting ice time. He's down to 42% rostered, and it seems to be for good reason. Um, Three points in the last five. He doesn't have a center eligibility anymore. Some years they put him as center right wing, so he's just a right wing. He's getting old and hitting way, way less than he used to hit. So Wheeler, if you need a right wing, he's an option, but he's not anywhere near a safe bet anymore. I've said it so many times. I just hate Winnipeg's team. I just there's something about it that just stinks to me. I told you when when I look at you as soon as you said that, I told you I'm looking at that game, but I'm not looking at Winnipeg. Like how crazy is that? Like you know, at the beginning of the season, not that I was even really in love with Winnipeg at the beginning of the season, but you know, you'd at least think that we would have been looking at them more than we would have been looking at Chicago. But, like, I feel so much better about these Chicago pickups. Like, I am, like, seriously, I am in on Max Domi. I am not in on Cole Perfetti. I'm not in on Saku Menelainen. <laughs> like, I'm not. No, and, you, you know, know, to be honest, I would rather have Max Domi than Blake Wheeler right now. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just going to say the same exact friggin' thing. I would rather have Max Domi right now than Blake Wheeler. Facts. Yeah, and you know how hard I would have expected to be punched in the face for saying that two years ago. Like that's that's crazy, but it's true. Hey, man, I've been pushing. I've been pushing Max Domi all fucking year. Yeah, and he and he keeps on going. So I'm feeling pretty ge- decent about it. You can't argue. You can't argue against the uh, you know the stats that he's putting up. You can't. You can't. You just can't argue against it. Nope. Uh, unless you got Kyle Connor, or actually, speaking of Connors, Hellebuck is he's he's playing very well as well. Uh, but you don't get a chance to get them because they're owned. So let's move on to Ottawa. Has a decent schedule as well, and you know we all like to talk about Ottawa whenever we can. Another thing, like who to thunk that we've been liking them, you know, creeping up for the last couple of years here, but. God, I'm going to raise my hand. I would have thought that. I like this team. But again, kind of like a lot of these teams, with this much attention drawn to them especially, everybody loves Ottawa now because they're so exciting. So all the guys you want are pretty owned. Kachuk, Stutes. God, I love Stutes. He's owned up. Giroux, the one guy who's available and has a huge opportunity is Sanderson, Jake Sanderson. Mm-hmm. I like it. With Mr. Minutes uh, getting injured, man, like that's not just a normal defenseman getting injured. That's like half of the game just got chopped out from their decor, right? Like, So there's a lot more time there for Sanderson, huge opportunity, and he's been doing pretty well. He just scored a goal tonight, power play goal, as a matter of fact. Yeah, two periods, three blocks, and a power play goal. So there you go, Sanderson. Sanderson is really the only guy that I'm interested in that's available. Like, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, if you wanted the only guy you might take a flyer on, 
might take a flyer on would be Shane Pinto because you've obviously seen the goal scoring happen this year. Now, it has slowed down significantly, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, he's the only person that's available in that top six. You ain't getting a piece of anybody else. And no offense, I, I know people are getting a little high on Derek Broussard, and he does go out there and, you know, put shots on net and everything like that, but there's nobody else I'm looking at, whether it's, you know, offense or defense. It's Shane Pinto, if you got a friggin' feeling, like if you're hooked on a feeling and you think that Shane Pinto might actually do something, then okay, but it's Jake Sanderson. He is the number one pickup on that team. The Sandman, yeah, definitely. Um, It's too bad. It's too bad. I wish Ottawa was a secret, but they are definitely not. You want to you wanna talk San Jose? Do I ever want to talk San Jose? Like, what a dumb question is that? We can talk about San Jose, but don't, ask, don't just flat out ask me if I want to. Because I'm going to always be honest with you, Raj. Because I got no reason to lie to you. It doesn't help me to lie to you. The answer is, fuck no, I don't want to talk about San Jose. But we can because that's, you know, what we're here to do. Well, the o- the only reason I want to talk about San Jose is because the last time I was solo here a couple nights ago, I pitched the idea of biting the bullet on Logan Couture and or Thomas Hurdle, even though they're centers, they had off nights, and both of them are over point per game. Logan Couture's got three goals in those three games. Those guys are not owned because San Jose is so terrible. If you need a center for that Sunday off night, I would definitely look at Logan Couture. I'd actually, I'm not going to lie, I would choose Hurdle over Logan Couture. That's just me. Just because of the, you know, the general exposure to Timo Meyer, um, Hurdle seems to be, he's been well on that first line for what, about a week and a half to two weeks now, um, and he hasn't moved off of it. Um, so I actually like hurt a little a little more just because I see it being more sustainable if he's going to continue to be on that top line. Well, you mean Logan Couture's seven goals in the last seven games isn't sustainable? I don't believe. I don't believe. No, I don't believe you, Logan <laughs> Couture. No, no, it's not. I don't believe you. Yeah, he's uh, he's been on a rip lately. Um, you are right. He's definitely unsustainable. I might take him for the weekend, especially being uh, an LA Vancouver weekend. But if you do happen to need a center, which is probably not the case, both of those guys are viable. Meyer, oh Meyer, hat trick tonight. There you go. So San Jose can do it. They can score points. They're playing Seattle, so it's it's you know those are the kind of games you're going to get points in. But that's that's plenty. That's fucking plenty on Seattle. Uh, on San Jose, sorry. And you're right. Meyer did have a hat trick, and you know who was on two of those goals? I can guess. Yes, Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's a good call. That's that's a good call. Seattle, another team. Decent schedule, lots of streamers available. They're all kind of crapshoots because it's Seattle. Um, there's not a superstar to be found there yet. Yet. I think Maddie Beignet is going to be a, a fine player in years to come here. But, you know, there's nobody that really shines, but there's a lot of, a lot of those. Uh, nobody's over 35% owned, first of all, so you have your choice of anyone you want. And they do have guys who can play, right? Like 
Eberle, Beignet, Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, McCann, Tanev. They can all get you stats if you pick the right night, but they are the definition of streamers because there is nobody there that should be on your roster on Monday morning, I don't think. Uh, is there anyone in particular? Yeah, I, there. I, I'm, I'm going to get away from Seattle here, but there is one other team I am looking at. Once again, I'm looking at that game. But honestly, I don't know that I'm looking at Seattle. You know who's weirdly mm-hmm. playing kind of well right now? The freaking Arizona Coyotes. Why? Why are you doing that? Can we talk about, you know, J.J. Moser? Can we talk about Jacob Trickren is back? Yes. You know, he's back. He's been back for two games. He had a goal in the game today against uh, um, Carolina. You know what else he had against Carolina? Shots. Seven shots on goal. He had eight shots on goal. I'm sorry, not seven shots on goal. He had eight shots on goal. Jacob Trickren had eight shots on goal today. Uh, and you know, and not a not a goal. He got an assist. He got no goals, but eight shots on goal. You know what's going to happen? He's going to get some fucking goals if he's going to shoot eight shots a eight shots on goal game. Now, don't get me wrong; that's not going to happen all the time. But also, I'm not going to lie. I do like JJ Moser. Like I know I've been kind of like joking around about it with people lately, um, but I joke around about things that I I am actually serious about. J.J. Moser goes out and he does a little bit of everything. He hits, he blocks, he has uh, he has points in three straight games. If not, actually, I think he has points in four straight games now. They're all assists, and I'm not saying that they're just you know gonna you know go off the reservation and keep on scoring goals like they have been. But they put up a four bagger on on the Hurricanes. They're they're not playing bad right now. They're not playing bad, and they're they're gonna be going against the Red Wings, who are still you you know kind of reeling. Like I said, they do play the Wild on Sunday, um, and the Wild just got over the five hundred hump. Like they are not what they have been the last two years. They're just not. They just got over the nine five hundred hump. Like they're nine eight and something nine eight and three or some shit like that this year. Like, they just got over. So uh, that's definitely a winnable game for the Yotes. Dude, I I, I think that, that Chikrin needs to be... He's available in over half of leagues. He's 49% owned. J.J. Bozer is very owned. He's a streamer. But Jacob Chikrin, you got to go out and, and pick him up. Like, he's a hold. Yeah, and it's... it's I mean, it's, it's pretty locked in that... Every day closer to the trade deadline, he's he's going to end up on another team. Chikrin is on the way out. That's like all but all but a done deal. It's just a matter of where. Oh, I've, yeah, I'm not going to say that because I feel like it's been a done friggin' deal every year for the past three years because that's all we've ever talked about and it never happens. So I'll believe that when I see it. But at the same time, I always say I'd rather be the guy that drops him than the guy that wishes I picked him up. You know what I mean? I'd rather pick him up, hold on to him, and if I if I feel like I need to drop J- Jacob Tricken, then you can do it. But I hate being the guy that says, man, I was going to go pick him up, and I and I decided to wait and think about it, and then, you know, somebody else snags, and you're like, son of a bitch, I should have just pulled the trigger, and you didn't. Yeah, no, this is not a this is not an unknown entity either. We know what he is. He's played on a shit team 
a bunch and done very well. We know what he can do. Even if he stays in Arizona, he can still put up numbers. Huge speculation will say that he's got a couple of months maybe left in Arizona and then he's on the way out. But like you said, he's been in Arizona this whole time and he's put up numbers and he's looked really good. So I think you got to pick him up. And he's a D, right? Like you definitely, yeah, you could definitely put him in as your fourth defenseman. If you roster four D, I think Chicken should probably be one of them. So yeah, I'm all over that choice as well. Man, and I mean, we talked about Chicago. The only team... Yeah, we didn't really hit on L.A. yet. That is where you were going next, huh? Yeah, there's a couple others that play those days that we can just skip. I'm not talking about Anaheim at all. But L.A. uh, deserves it. They're a real NHL team. I like a few other options. It's kind of the same guys that have been been the options um, all season. Uh, Your favorite option in L.A., Philip Dano, man. I do like Philip Dano. What is there not to like? He's just he's a he's a good team player veteran. He just makes hockey teams better. He does. He does. And he's great at faceoffs too. Yeah, he's he's in the realm of Kopitar now. Like it's not a lopsided Kopitar taking all of them. Deno is getting some serious faceoff time. Point per game over the last seven games. Playing seven and a half minutes. He's getting power play points. I like Dano, uh, 35% rostered. So again, he's the center. That's uh, sometimes tough, but with this weird weekend, maybe you have room for a center, probably do on Sunday. I would think so. There's so few games. There's this trio of left-wing, right-wings that I talked about before that are all still available and all still about a point per game. Kaliev, Arvidsson, and Trevor mm-hmm. Moore. They're all left-wing, right-wing. Uh, they're all very available. Uh, and they're all scoring, and they're all getting power play points. So Trevor Moore has four shots on goal in four straight games. Yeah, he's doing he's doing it. He'll get you a hit a game. Uh, but yeah, tons of shots. He is getting power play minutes, under fifty percent owned, over seventeen and a half minutes a game. That group of guys is all rosterable as streamers. Kaliev, again, he's only playing like. I said this a couple of weeks ago. He's only playing very minimal minutes, but he can put up offense. Uh, he's gone a little cold the last few games, but I was going to say he hasn't been. But I feel you on that. <laughs> I he would be of those three guys. He would be the the bottom choice. Like I think I'm probably going Dano for center, uh, and then Moore or Arvidsson. I think are both really good options. And then if it's a deeper league, Kaliev is a, is a is an option as well. Dersey got hurt, eh? My boy, Sean Dersey. Right after we named an episode after him, great name and everything. I know, he fucking did us dirty. I ain't gonna lie. He did us Dersey. He did us Dersey. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) And on that note, uh, I guess we should mention there's a few teams that you don't want. Like, most teams are playing two games uh, Boston, Rangers, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, Edmonton, Tampa Bay, and Florida. So a lot of really good fantasy teams only play one game on a heavy night. Probably want to watch it with those teams unless there's somebody you really need to keep. You, you probably want to be dropping streamers off of those teams for the weekend. 
And then I guess if we want to look ahead to next week briefly, uh, the schedules next week that are good are all different teams than this weekend, except for Winnipeg. And as we talked about, Winnipeg sucks. If you do happen to stream somebody from Winnipeg this weekend, take a look at holding them next week as well and maybe saving yourself a pickup. If, I don't know, not too many guys on Winnipeg that are worth holding for, for that long. So for next week, at least for me, I mean, there's only two teams that start off the week with a back-to-back, and that are that that's the two Florida teams. Um, you have the Lightning with a back-to-back, and you have uh, the Florida Panthers with a back-to-back. Other than that, I mean, I am kind of liking um, the Maple Leaf schedule to start out the week. They play Monday, Wednesday. Those games are against the Red Wings and the Sharks. Those are both good, winnable games. And in all honesty... I do actually also like, uh, you know, Buffalo plays three games in four days to start the week. Now, they aren't the the best team, but they have shown a propensity to be able to score goals. So, you know, while they have a little bit of a tough stretch, you know, they're playing uh, they're playing um, Tampa Bay and then they have a day off and then have a back to back with the Red Wings and the Avalanche. Now, don't get me wrong. They could easily lose all those games they could easily lose two of those games but at the same time i think that they're going to score goals so i like that three games in four days i think that's probably my favorite schedule then also as as far as three games in four days you have the oilers who play monday wednesday thursday um the florida panthers that i alluded to earlier just now with uh back to back on monday tuesday and then play again on thursday against your boys those are probably the teams that I'm going to be looking at. Good call, man. I am so mad at Jeff Skinner right now. I'm playing in a league uh, with Nate from Apples and Chinos, and he picked up Jeff Skinner. Fucking guy has seven points in the last two games. Four goals. You got two again tonight. Last night he had fucking five points. Five. Five points. He had two goals and then three assists. Yeah. With five shots on goal, two of them were on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But I still hate Jeff Skinner. I still hate him. I, you know, and, and that's just because I'm being half German and half Italian. One thing I can do is hold a grudge. And I have held, and I have held a grudge against Jeff Skinner for damn near, you know, seven years now (laughs) and it's not going to stop. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Just to clarify, I hate Jeff Skinner. I very much love Nate from Apples and Cheetos. He's a great guy. So you can find us on Discord. Please come find us on Discord. Twitter is just a gong show. Zach is not not weird for not participating. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at FHF Hockey. Um, I know TJ says it's not ready, but there is soon... Our website is looking really damn cool. I used our line in the mix. I used our lineup grid tonight instead of my usual old go-to. I used uh, TJ's game grid, so check that out soon. And it's not ready yet, according to Mister Perfect over there. But uh, it's pretty damn cool, if you ask me. 
if you're on Discord, maybe uh, send some love TJ's way. Come shoot some shit with with us and, uh, like I said, thousands of people from literally. Fuck, I don't even know. We got to take a poll and see how many countries we have now. Like, there's people from from everywhere. It's great. It's always the weird ones where it's like, hey, you got downloads from fucking Malaysia. Oh, we've rocked the charts in Croatia for a while. It was awesome. So, uh, love you guys. Love yous. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>